0: for the third time in franchise history.
3: I've been dreaming this my
0: whole life. They still have you. It's time to put in the work. Every man gonna dominate. Offense, defense, special team.
1: Let's go. What are we talking about?
0: Greg Zerline sends
1: the Rams to the Super Bowl.
3: Welcome to Rams Talk Radio, this is Derek C. Paul, my co-host tonight, my partner in crime, Steve Goldstein, and what a day, what a day, what a day, the LA Rams trade Brandon Cooks to the Houston Texans for a second round pick in this year's draft. They also send a a fourth round in in, uh, 2022, from what Steve told me here just a minute ago, and wow, that's a way to start our show tonight. First things first, Steve. How you doing? Good, Derek. How you doing? It's been a long week. I'm getting a, it's getting yeah. a little uh, getting a little weird just being at home all the time. It's not summertime.
4: Yeah, yet. it is. I mean, it's yeah. just weird. Yeah. Well, I'm was, I'm, I'm up right and taking nourishment, so uh, I don't have a lot to complain about. Yeah, it's, taking uh, nourishment. Is ha- a good way ha- to say it. Having your health, having your health is uh, priority one at this point. So I think. Uh, from that standpoint, I'm doing really well. Can't complain. Yeah,
3: you know, my thoughts to go out to everyone out there right now who is on uh, jobs. Well waiting for this thing to boil over. My hope and my prayer for all of you that are struggling right now, hurt right now, is that you make it through, you stand tall, and uh, our country's been through we've been through worse. So just we're gonna make it. So just one day at a time. We have some football to talk about. I'm not gonna listen to all the garbage you know people saying there will not be any sports in california until november i think that's ridiculous you can't make predictions about may right now let alone october so let's just go day by day and not not scare people and depress people even more i mean what are you doing out there how are you maintaining the uh, same life
4: well you know i i gotta tell you my uh my putting through the carpet has improved tremendously for the week. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm acing those uh, 10, to, 10 to 12 footers. And I, I've noticed that my, uh, my living room slopes a little bit right to left, a couple of cups outside. But it's, uh, I've, I've got it down now. I have it down. So that's, uh, that's good news. And I think I'm probably going to get my own cooking show here soon. A cooking show? I am I am killing it. I am killing it in the kitchen right now. I uh, I did I did a nice uh, chicken nachos tonight. It was uh, it was and uh, with, with fresh guacamole. And when I say fresh guacamole, I mean I put a couple avocados in a bowl and crushed them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm 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 I don't know. I might have a new career. Might have a new career in the kitchen. Get you started on a YouTube show. Yeah, there you and go. Why not cooking c- cooking with Steve. Cooking with Steve. No.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rams are home. So, <laughs> th- yeah, folks. In case you can't tell, we're losing it a little bit. We need to get out, but that's why we're here. Happy to do a podcast. Just break the monotony before we actually get into the topic of the evening. we had we had a plan, and the Rams decided to get busy tonight, and now we get more things to talk about. So, don't forget. Please head over to Apple Music. Leave us a five star review if you haven't already. Really appreciate it. It will enter into our contest where eventually here, sooner rather than later, I believe, we that 205 star reviews and then luck, one lucky winner will get themselves a Rams personalized jersey still with that logo stuff. Who knows, but oh, here's hoping that, that jersey is uh, outstanding. It's whack, so to speak. Other than that, you can find us on Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're pretty much everywhere, so check it out. Also, don't forget that Jim Hawk has been our longtime sponsor here and make sure you raise both book team. Okay, so Steve, I have a confession to make. I have to own oh. something here. Okay. I was wrong. <laughs> I was completely wrong. I was wrong twofold. I thought the Rams would be categorically insane to trade both trade a release both Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks in the same offseason just due to all the dead cap hit they were going to take on it would virtually would wreck their salary cap in this 2020 offseason and um i was wrong i, I can't yeah. believe they. <laughs> I don't have words for this We'll try and work out the math here, but somebody has to renegotiate, probably Jared Goff at this point, to make room for just signing draft picks. I think I looked earlier as we're figuring things out, and right now the Rams are at
4: minus six mil in the salary cap book. So something's got to change. Yeah. Well, so, they, they, trust me, I'm I'm sure they have this this figured out with the draft being two weeks away. So there, there's a plan for this, and 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 there's a. I'm sure there's a, a deal or two in place with you know a current current player, uh probably Goff's contract would make a lot of sense. But you know, I'm sure they have a plan for this. It it this is, you know, they, they know the numbers better than anybody. But I, I will tell you that the girly trade and the cook's trade are two totally different trades. I Meaning the for, cooks in my
3: mind. Trade and the and the girly cut.
4: The girly I'm sorry. The girly cut and the cook's trade are, are two totally different scenarios for different reasons i think the the girly cut was was based on a multitude of factors i think it's based on production based on the fact that they did not want a or didn't feel like he was going to be the bell cow running back either next year or the year after that thus he was not worth the money he was getting i think they saw what they had in daryl henderson i think they wanted they wanted to be a running back by committee. And I don't think that Todd Gurley was okay with that. So I think those are the factors that went into it for him. Now for Cooks, I think it's a different, a different scenario. I, th- I think they were okay with keeping Brandon Cooks for this season. I think he's still a, a, very, a very good receiver. Uh, he's obviously a deep threat. And they've left a little bit of a hole in their roster right now because they really, <clears throat> in my mind anyways, Unless it's Josh Reynolds, they don't really have a guy that really can threaten you over the top. So I think they were okay with keeping Cooks. Now, when Houston came up with offering them the uh, number 57, the second-round pick, I think that value was too good to pass up. One, this draft is probably deeper than any draft in a long, long time. I, I've been kind of a draft Nick for, I will tell you 20, you remember Sean Gilbert? Uh-huh. Sean that Gilbert sure was a, a, yeah, that, that was the first year. I I think it was 91 that I actually, I was, I really got into the draft and the draft guides. And so I've been, I've been kind of doing this for a while. And they, in the sense of looking at it closely with the draft and, so it's not but it's not just me, it's it's guys who actually do this for a living, saying that this draft is as deep as they've seen in twenty five years. So you take that into account the fact that you get a second round pick that in most years would probably be a very high second round pick based on the, the amount of talent. You factor in that Brandon Cooks, and I love Brandon cooks i I, I really do, but the guys had the concussion issues. He might be a concussion, or and we hope not. We we hope Brandon Cooks has great health and has a really good career, but you don't know because he does have that history. So now you're you know you're one play away, and so I think that factored into it. I don't really think there is because they're not getting cal- If if anything, it's gonna it's gonna be detrimental to their salary cap from what I'm understanding at this point. Still early, but from what we understand, it's it's it's. It's not for cap relief, obviously. So I, th- I think that the value of the pick was too good to pass up. Um, and, and what the draft offers in terms of wide receivers and deep threat wide receivers is really, really good. So I, I, that's, that's my take on it. I like it. I like the trade a lot. It gives less need. Four picks in the top 104 um and they're going to they're going to find some good talent and you know we'll we'll see where that where that goes but th- those are in my mind those are two very different reasons for getting rid of the player i just i'm struggling with it because
3: while i was wrong in that the rams did actually do what i thought they wouldn't dare do which is take the dead money hit that was also and right in the end, proved right. And then I was saying, they're taking their medicine this year. They're taking their medicine. They're getting everything they can off the books and trying to get it clean for 2021. I didn't know they would go this far in terms of not just getting, just signing one year contracts and cutting guys like Matthews, but then they cut Gurley and they, then they trade Cooks. I never thought they would actually want to go underwater on somebody. And yet they're getting a second round pick very valuable. They're giving up a fourth round pick two degrees on the road. I struggle with it for two reasons. One, I just mentioned the dead cap hit. See, the second thing that bothers me is it's basically an admission that the Rams made a bad call. On that extension. Just like it was a, a, to me, the girl we cut was an admission. They made a bad call on the contract. I mean, it's got to eat it and go on. And it bothers me. Not because the Rams made bad decisions, by the way. I want to, I want to say that because I know Les Stien has been getting hammered for the contracts to Todd Gurley, to Cooks, to Goff. I'm of the view that if you want to get stars, you've got to pay the stars. And at the time those contracts were paid out, those guys were at the top of their game. Gurley had earned the contract. Would Would the Rams go back and pay out that contract again? Probably not. The old adage of don't pay a running back big money kind of came back and bit them. But for all the people criticizing the Rams, would you rather have a team that pays its stars or a team that is constantly cheap and won't pay their people? Now we're going to get into paying yeah, people we'll, a little bit later, by the
4: way. But I mean, what would you rather have, Steve? Well, I, for me, of course, I'd rather have. Look, we're we're in the city of uh, Showtime, right? So not not that that matters, I think, at all to Les Snead because he's trying to build a winning team. And at the end of the day, if you have a winning team; uh, they're going to be Showtime. But yes, of course, you 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 want be able to be able to to have people. Uh, who are big time players and the Aaron Donalds of the world? And you know they they traded for Jalen Ramsey, who is probably arguably the best cornerback in the NFL right now. And it, they there's a reason they brought in a guy like him. There is a reason they paid Todd Gurley from what some people say early because these guys were stars. These guys that were going to be our the face of the franchise along with the quarterback. So I think it sends a good message when you, now you, you, Monday morning quarterback is undefeated. Okay. We could all play Monday morning quarterback, but I, I, I actually had made this point before that, you know, they, they wanted to show not just Todd Gurley, but they wanted to show the rest of the team that they take care of their star what they identify as their core players, and they did. Hindsight again, you know, we could play the Monday m- morning quarterback all all morning, all day long, but you know, it's they 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 got a lot of value. They got a lot of production out of Todd Gurley. We talked about it the last time. They got we we got to a Super Bowl. We got to a couple playoff rounds. I mean, so I don't think they regret it from that standpoint. The Brandon Cooks contract. You know, you're trying to get out and pay somebody who you identified as one of your really good locker room guys, a very talented receiver, a very talented deep threat, along with Cup and Robert Woods was a really good compliment in that wide receiver room. So you say, you know what, what what is the price going to be for a guy like Brandon Cooks a year from now, a year from when they signed him or two years? That price is always going to go up for good receivers, for good players. It doesn't matter the position, for good players, the price is always going to go up. So, why not lock a guy in to a five year deal when two years down the road, that's going to be a very reasonable contract? And, you know, Houston's taking on that same contract right now. So, it, it, it's not that the Cooks deal was a bad deal. Again, Nobody saw concussions coming. Yes, he did have a concussion in the Super Bowl in the year before he was acquired, but nobody thought that that was going to be an issue. And so, you know, they, they, they're moving on from him because, frankly, they, they got a good deal. They got a good deal from Houston. Again, they were, I think they're going to be very happy. They just paid him a roster bonus. What was it, last week or the week, week before? This was done because Houston came up with a really good deal. And, you know, they had to jump at it. So now you become down the road, you become a little cheaper in terms of your, the money. I know there's dead cap money, but now you're able to bring in a younger player um, and have control over him on a rookie contract for four years. Uh, If he becomes really, really good. Then you got, you know, a transition, a possible franchise tag or a transition tag. But I think from that perspective, you know, I'd rather have a, a management that doesn't get a reputation for being cheap, but takes care of their guys because it sends a powerful message to everybody else in that locker room. Here's the thing. People forget
3: how productive Brandon Cooks was
4: mm-hmm.
3: before they traded him or traded for him, and he was very productive in his first season in a Rams uniform. He did very well. It would stand to reason that had the Rams actually had an offensive line given the Rams time to go deep, and him actually staying healthy, he would fine this year. It also makes a ton of sense. If you are taking a step back and kind of retooling this roster as you prepare to pay Rams, and you prepare to have turnover at running back on the defensive line now, and then at the linebacking core, it makes sense to try and fix that salary cast. Why I was saying all along, you're taking your medicine. It still bothers me, though, that for all the moves, all the aggressive moves that Les Snead made, the Rams got three winning seasons out of it, one Super Bowl run, two Division titles in in the process since he's been there. It's been what 2012 12 13 14 15 16. That's five losing seasons, and now we're reloading again after three winning seasons. Well, we, we're wish... not
4: going to count, we're not going to first of all, you can't count the Jeff Fisher years and blame that on the sneed.
3: Uh, uh-uh, who's whose who's <laughs> name says general manager on it, man. Okay. Yeah. But, but, but,
4: let, but who was, just who let me was finish my point who? on that.
3: <laughs> let me finish my point on that, though. I'm not, okay. I have never been one to say less need is totally to blame for all that. But I just sit back now and wonder what exactly do we have in Les Snead? And that's going to be another podcast one day. I mean, I know that Steve and Johnny have talked about it on their podcast. I want to go back and myself here now evaluate. Because there's no doubt in my mind the man is an excellent talent evaluator coming out of college. He's outstanding. He's a film freak. He can go in there and he knows exactly what to do, where to go in the draft. And he has a track record of finding players. And many of them are developing. Some of the decisions, though, just haven't worked out. And there were red flags there. We're talking there were red flags. And I just wonder and then again i'm not being critical this is me just kind of pondering a little bit i'm wondering where he really is in the, as a general manager now what lessons is he learning what is he still willing to do where does he go and by the way the ramsey trade i make that trade 10 times out of 10 if it's there by the way
4: Two right because you gotta of course because you look at the first round this year if they were they'd be drafting what 20 in the first round you're going to get a player like Jalen Ramsey at 20 in the draft? Absolutely not. So, you know, and as far as Les need goes, I, you had mentioned the statistics in terms of how he's drafted over the last five years and how many players um, are currently in it, still in the NFL and currently on the Rams roster. And it, it's a, it's a really high percentage. And it's a lot better than... A lot of teams in NFL. It's it's probably in the in the in the top top three to top five of all the teams in NFL in terms of him drafting and especially drafting in where they've been drafting because McVay, Ever since mcvay has been here, they have not had a first round draft pick. Sean McVeigh's the first pick they ever took was Gerald Everett in the second round, and they actually traded down in the second round, same way they they did uh, last year, so. He hasn't had a first-round pick in the, in, in the three years for McVeigh. And he's acquired a lot of talent in the last three years in the draft. So I think his, his track record, um, and, and the thing I do like about him, and I know this is not a podcast about Les Snead, but the thing that I love about him is he's not afraid to get criticism. They're, they're, um, decisions, whether they're signing contracts or what have you, signing guys long-term, you're right. And again, undefeated that Monday morning quarterback, but he is not afraid to stick his neck out or stick out Stan Kroenke's money to, to make commitments to guys, um, despite what other people say. And I think he gets, and, and I don't know that he gets a lot of criticism, to be honest. I mean, on Twitter, everybody gets criticism. So, that I, it's not a good barometer of, critis- of, you know, whether a guy's doing a good job or not. But um, I think he's done a great job, and, and, and I, re- I really do. I really have. And, and, you know, you could talk about all the, all the dead weight, all the cap uh, space that, you know, they're not going to have um, this year and, and probably a little bit next year as well. But I really like what he's done, and you could say that about every GM in the league about decisions they made that they wish they had back, right? So, we'll, we'll, leave, we'll leave it at that. It's, a, it's I guess it's a podcast for another day.
3: It is. I'm just thinking overall, the I can remember back to Billy Devaney and all these other guys, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying that he's failing, but I don't remember... Again, this is Ram-centric, but I don't remember a GM with such a high and low record. And I want to ponder that a bit. I'm not even remotely taking it aside here. I mean, I've been pretty high on him for a lot of reasons in path passing. Pass. And, and by the way, I'm totally on board with you going for a Super Bowl. If you have the opportunity to go to make a Super Bowl run and you want and you gotta take that shot, you gotta take the shot. I'm not mad about trading draft picks. I'm not mad about that. It just blows my mind in the end of how many of those moves just didn't work out. Marcus Peters didn't work out. Tlaib didn't work out. None of those guys worked out for longer than a full season, let's just say that. But they did make a Super Bowl yeah, run. Look at all the, yeah, the mean, draft stock they lost with it too. It's just, it's spotty. And I'm going to come back to it. I think we both should, but this is the first thoughts on my mind as I'm looking at this trade. And he's out.
4: Yeah, I think if you look at 31 other teams and, and their track records too, you're, you're going to find a lot of the same. Um, in in terms, look, it's just like the draft. The draft is the same way. It's you know, it's 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 hit and miss. But the Rams have done a real good job drafting over the over the past three to five, three to four years, and uh, I, I, I think you see some of that. Uh, with with some of the talent that they have now, and you know, this team in my mind is not not rebuilding. It is not rebuilding. Uh, they would have been in the playoffs last year if it, if it, if they had the new rules in that this new CBA uh, allows for this year with the additional two playoff teams. So it's not like this team is void of talent. It's it's not like this is a a four and twelve, you know. 2010 team, or you know, or 2015, 2014 teams, and that the last few years in St. Louis when they, when it was it was it was painful. Uh, they, this is a team with a lot of good young talent on it, so I, I don't think. Uh, let, I think Les Les Snead has done a really really good job. So again, could be a, could be another podcast. I think it should be, but i digress.
3: go back to Cooks. He will now go on to Houston. They have a nice core all of a sudden forming in absence of Hopkins gone. They got some players there. A lot of options for, for Watson. Now, for the Rams, their core, it's unsealed. You, you have Cooper Cup. You got Robert Woods. Solid guys.
4: Who's your deep threat now? There's your question. Well, you there. got Josh Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. So that that is that is that is my question. Question. And Josh Josh Reynolds is uh he, he could be that guy, but he's not that blazer, right? He's he's a 4-5 guy. He's um he can get deep. Hey, Robert Woods can get deep too, right? I mean Ro- Robert Woods has has caught a lot of deep balls uh, over the past few years. But he's not a guy or or they, or date it they, they don't really it actually scares you right have that intimidating uh 4 guy that can just you know the Tyreek Hill type guy who could just could just get down the field um, there's there's plenty of those guys in the draft they're not going to be Brandon Cooks in the rookie year or nor probably in their their second year but there there are plenty of guys that I think they can develop that um, could could be that guy but I think, you know, the receiving core overall is definitely, they're, they're going to definitely drop, in my opinion, they'll drop the wide receiver in the first four picks. I think in the first four picks, given the fact that the draft is so deep, I think uh, they'll, they'll have to take the, the receiver because, you know, Cooks was that guy. Cooks, The thing about Brandon Cooks is he was great tracking the ball. You remember that catch against New Orleans in the NFC title mm-hmm. game yep. where he just caught that, ball, caught that ball over his shoulder? I mean... It was, a, it was a beautiful throw, but a, the catch is even more beautiful. <laughs> I mean, he is a guy that can track the ball really, really well and make that catch. Uh, he, did it, he did it time over and over against Minnesota in that, that um, I think it was a Thursday night game in Minnesota a couple year, uh, in, in LA a couple years ago. He can make that catch and, and he can get open deep and he can make that, that safety play deeper than they want to because he's, a, he's that threat. And I don't know that they have that guy on the roster right. now. So I think looking at the draft, you know, at least if you could, you could find a guy like that who could come in and play a few downs, uh, doesn't necessarily have to be a great route runner early in his career. But he's got to be able to get deep and he's got to be able to catch the ball. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think there's this draft as far as overall is really, really deep, as we said before, but also particularly in the wide receiver groups. they. I heard Daniel Jeremiah say they had he's got like 25 guys that have top 3 round grades on them. That's ridiculous. That's that's a lot of wide receivers. So you're going to be able to get somebody now that they have four in the top 104, you're going to be able to get somebody in the top 100 that's going to be a really good receiver and a good complement to what they already have. So, you know, I I know they've wanted to kind of Give their wide receivers a, a little break here and there. They don't want Cooper Cup playing every single down. Uh, they don't want Robert Woods playing every single down. They want to be able to rotate guys in. Now they also have a couple other guys on the roster, right? They got Simba Webster, who we don't know anything about except for what he did in the preseason and the the limited returns that he had last year. But um, so so they're definitely going to make a move in my mind in the, with with one of those top four picks. And you know, and who knows what less they'll do because obviously he's he loves to trade. He loves to trade back, right? So they they could end up having five picks in the top hundred. We'll see. Well, I definitely think they'll move around. He has too much of a track record to not
3: do that, but I think if anything, he's amassing talent toward the higher part of that draft to be able to move up if he needs to as well. To get back in the first time oh, yeah. he finds this guy. Yes. So it's not just a question of the normal which has been moving back, but if it needs to go up and get somebody, he's got the stock to stop do it. I don't think it's just gonna be one receiver in this draft class now, too. Josh Reynolds Josh Reynolds is, is um, well, Josh Reynolds is going to be a free agent soon. So they may be looking at the future beyond him. There's a lot of this there. What are they going to do with Joe Everett? Is he going to be sticking around, or will he move on eventually? So they have a lot of decisions they got to make so that this, this draft is critical for where they're going, for what direction they want to take. And before, I was thinking, we're going to see him go past Rusher early. But now that they are lacking depth at running back, now that they probably do need to start looking at receiver again, and they do need a pass run. I'm not sure how they proceed with this. And this is what's always been interesting about Les need. You can map it out in your brain how you think this draft will go. And he'll always prove you wrong. It never goes the way you think it'll go. Other teams, you can map it out, man. And, and they'll go pretty close to what you thought it would be. Never with Les need. He'll throw curveballs at you. We didn't see him taking Aaron Donald 13. I mean, and we didn't no. see him going to get Tavon Austin all those years ago at eight, which is the bad move. But you look at how they are going to have to rebuild this out. And you're saying it's not rebuilding. It is, to me, a bit of a rebuild. You are basically trying to reload this roster. Maybe reloading is better than rebuilding, but it's still, you have to build it back up again. It still has your core nucleus, but now you've got to find good, young, cheap talent. To pay for that top-heavy nucleus,
4: I right? Mean, it's and, still a bit. I think. That, well, I, I wouldn't call it a rebuild. A, a rebuild is 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 what you know the the Dolphins were doing last year, right? Or or the Jets. It, it, this is not a rebuild. This is a, a team that just barely missed the playoffs. Uh, we were a couple of field goals away, probably from making the playoffs last year. So th- this is not a rebuild. This is a team that has some holes um, c- created in this offseason, obviously with the girly release. I think that they will go running back. I know I might be in a minority on this, but I think they're going to go running back really high. If 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 there are a couple of guys, and I don't know if you want to talk about this right now, but if there are a couple of guys there at 52, uh, I think, I think they, they take those guys. I take. I think they take DeAndre Swift if he's at fifty-two. I think they take J.K. Dobbins if he's there at fifty-two. And to your point, maybe they're thinking, you know what? We need to have those two first-round, those two second-round picks because maybe we want to trade up. Maybe at the end of, you know, Thursday night going into Friday, they see all of the running backs, all the top five running backs are still left on the board. Now they go, hmm. We can get our pick. We might need to trade up a little bit, but we can now take our pick of who we want. So there's, there's that too, because I, I think definitely a, a running back's in play with that first pick, and I think a wide receiver's in play in the first three to four picks. I don't know what to think, man. <laughs>
3: I'm I so wrapping my mind around the different possibilities. They, there are so many different ways he can go. I think the... The roster is pretty clear on where they need help, but the order of which they'll address it, I'm done trying to make predictions on this, man. I'm the same knucklehead who predicted there's no way on earth the Rams would let go of Gurley and trade Cooks and all that jazz. I, I thought there was no way they would do it and take on the dead cap. They took their medicine and they took it hard. And so they, I just, I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to sit back and watch the show I, I don't see any other way to, to try and process everything to go
4: well well if, if nothing I mean, else ju- the 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 draft has all of a sudden become uh even more interesting than it was uh four hours ago uh now with with four four picks in the in in, in, in on the second day that that friday is going to be really really interesting so it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, we're sitting here, all quarantined, no real life sports to watch, and we're going to get live sports. You know, even though it's not being played on a field, we're going to get live sports, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's Going to be a lot of fun to watch. So, um, but we'll 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 see. But I, uh, I'm I'm excited for what was done today, in the sense that, you know, now I think. There's some clarity in the sense that okay, Cooks is gone, Gurley was gone is gone. We we, we kind of thought that was and I know you didn't think it was gonna happen, but there was a lot of talk that it was gonna happen, but now it's done and it's over with and now we can move on. And now I think there's some some clarity uh, in terms of, of the draft because we, we know that running back, wide receiver, inside linebacker and edge rusher along with maybe an offensive lineman to be able to plug in, you know, a year or two from now, give him a redshirt year like Les need says. Um those are those are the top top needs. So th- those those are the ones I think they'll be addressing with those first first five picks. And then oh, of course, you forgot kicker. So yeah, a kicker. Or a couple of and that are yeah. interesting. Or, or a seventh round pick um but yeah there there's there's some there's some holes to fill no doubt but they you know i think they also have a lot of confidence in some of their younger players that have gotten experience last year uh or the year before and i think from their perspective these are going to be complementary pieces right these these guys that they get in a draft other than the kicker obviously uh, are going to be complementary pieces the running back might be a stud running back, but that stud running back is not going to have to carry the ball 25 times a game. That stud running back is only going to have to carry the ball 12 to 15 times a game because Darrell Henderson's going to get his touches and Malcolm Brown's going to get his touches. So you don't you don't need to put it all on a, a rookie quarterback. And let's be honest, this offense is going to start with Jared Goff. This offense is going to change a little bit. Yes, they're going to have to run the ball and run the ball more effectively, but this offense is built on play action and throwing the ball down the field. Oh, that this is Jared Goff's team now. He's the captain of the ship and he is going to be the guy taking taking this team over and taking the offense over because the play action pass is uh something that obviously they need with the running game. They need they I mean that's Goff's game, is the play action pass. So they they need the running running attack they needed to be better than it was last year obviously and i think um with the addition of a run another running back a good running back uh i think they they're going to have something on offense that's going to that's going to be really really good for this year
3: i agree that it's golf's team now i i don't think there's any way around that he's got to become that guy and by the way if he becomes that guy the one we've seen flashes of for the last couple of years, then this team's going to be just fine. They'll be a playoff contender all over again next year. But if he is not that guy, if he crumbles under pressure, if he makes bad decisions, if he does not take that next step, and we've all been waiting for, it, then this team's in trouble for a while. There's no way around that. You don't have anybody yet come in there and take over if Goff falls apart. He's got to be the guy. That's why you drafted him. That's why you actually traded up to get him. You didn't just wait around and Goff fell in my lap. No, you went and got him. So go freaking be the quarterback you were meant to be. For the last two years now, we've been sitting there and encouraging and defending Goff a lot, by the way. I've defended him a lot. I've not been shy. About, about holding them accountable and commenting on the things I have a problem with. But at this point, either you make it or you don't. Either you're going to be that franchise quarterback or you don't belong in the uniform. That sounds harsh, but they didn't draft you number one yeah. just to be some average Joe. They drafted you number one to be a Pro Bowl quarterback and everybody in the brother knows he can do it, but they also know he can just crap his pants that's got that has to
4: stop you gotta you gotta grow i i i don't think you need to defend the guy to anybody 2017 they got into the playoffs with a with a first year coach he was a he was a pro bowler 2018 they got him he got him to the super bowl let's be honest they don't win that game in new orleans without jared goff they had absolutely no running game that day none He was, again, a pro bowler in 2018. Last year, the team took a step back. I'm not sure it was golf himself. Yeah, he didn't play his best. He'd probably be the first one to admit it. But there were a lot of extenuating circumstances there. You had injuries on the offensive line. The offensive line played really poorly the first half of the season. Um, You had the injuries. You had no running game to speak of. right? So I don't care what quarterback you are. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're you're Tom Brady. Uh, I, if you if you don't have at least a threat of a running game, you're that's going to make your job a lot harder. And let's be honest, it's it wasn't all his fault. He can takes he takes some of the blame. Did he always make the best read? No. Did he throw some passes he should he shouldn't have thrown? No. Did he throw a, a pick six against San Francisco which was a a crusher? Yes. But, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's, not like, it's, it's not like he took a step back like Marcus Mariota took a step back, right? Like, um, you know, some other young quarterbacks, RG3 had his great rookie year. And then what happened to him after that? It, it's not like he's digressed to a player that is still not a, not a really, really good quarterback in this league. Um, so I would take exception to anybody who, or I, I don't feel like I would have to defend him to anybody because if you just look at what, what went on on, in in the field, and again, they were, there are a couple of bounces here and there of making the playoffs again next year. So I think this year, uh, with a better running game, a more consistent injury-free offensive line. And you could say about that, about every quarterback in the NFL, about having you know, a consistent offensive line that, that is, that plays well together. Um, You have a quarterback who is a franchise quarterback. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously he needs to take more steps and he needs to become better, but that's a maturation process that a lot of young quarterbacks go through. He's 26 years old. He's been in, he's had, Three years as a starting quarterback, the NFL, I mean, you know, I, I think it's, 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 it's a little bit disingenuous to say that, you know, he hasn't showed that he's for, worth the first round pick uh, or the first pick in the, in the draft at this point. I mean, we're 60 minutes away from winning a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl, by the way, Brandon Cook's dropped a pass that could have changed the whole comp- complexion of that game, but I'm not holding on to that.
3: I'm frustrated that it's come down to this is what I'm trying to really get to. With Goff, and the reason why I mentioned defending him because I have actually, when running the Rams Talk Twitter account, I've been the one who oftentimes have debated fellow fans about Goff. And there have been times when I've defended him with certain things you've talked about. But there's also times you can't defend it. half, the, the second half of the Bengals game is a great example of that. You can't defend that, and now you have all these guys that were brought in to support were were either brought in to support him or were there to support him to make them a team. A Gurley, a Cooks, they're gone, and now we're going to really see what he's made of as they as they evolve this roster.
4: And I want to see what he
3: can do. I want to see him be that guy. I'm just tired of waiting. To see him yeah. take the next step, so I'm tired of saying he well, he's better, but he still has some time to go.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, he he again, he there there were, and, and I'm not going to defend every single play or every single game or every single half that he that he had because you know quarterbacks have bad games, they have bad halves, they they do. They have you know they have bad stretches of the season, and and of course he he could have played better. But, but again, it's, you know, there are a lot of other circumstances that, you know, make, make the, uh, the body of work not what, what it's supposed to look like or what it should look like, right? So, I, I think I have a lot of confidence in him. And it's going to be his team. And, you know, this is a team that is made to throw the ball down the field. They've got two of the best Receivers. In my mind, Cooper Cup is one of the best receivers in the NFL. Uh, Robert Woods is probably the most underrated receiver in the NFL. They've got two really good pieces there. Josh Reynolds has showed when, when he needed to step up, he can. So they still have those weapons. Uh, you know, the running backs are a big question mark. We don't know what Daryl Henderson's going to do over the course of a year. We don't. We don't. Uh, we know who Malcolm Brown is. He's a nice player, but he's not a franchise running back. You know, so it it, there are some pieces that are going to have to be put in place to help out golf, but you know, I think this team understands that, and I I still think we have. And I know I sound like a Pollyanna, but I still think we have the best play caller in the NFL, and Sean McVay. I don't think there's there's anybody better, and and. Again, as Rams fans, we sit down, we watch every single play. So it's so easy to critique, right? At the end of the day, every single play, if not every single play is for, for a 12-yard gain. But, you know, I, th- I, I think we, we all lived through those Jeff Fisher years. We, all, we lived through those Rob Boris years, right? <laughs> it's like what we have now yeah, yeah. Is, is, you know, you got to remember where you came from in order to appreciate what you have. And I think that, you know, M- M- McVeigh being one of the best young head coaches uh, in the NFL, uh, along with a, a guy who I think is a franchise quarterback, I think this is, this is not a rebuild. I mean, again, I make this point over and over. They're, they're a year away from being in the Super Bowl, and they were a favorite to win that game. They were a three-point favorite to beat the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. And they, you know, so I, I, just, I just don't understand it, how, how people can say this is a, any type of rebuild. I,
3: I view it as a, a rebuild because that's exactly what they're doing. They are moving guys out who have been here for a long time, and you're replacing them with young dudes or one-year region contracts for other teams. One- and two-year deals they are remaking this roster. And since the guys who have gotten you to where you've been before are the ones who are gone, that's why I'm saying it's a rebuild. I'm not saying it's a tear-down rebuild. I'm not saying it's like, hey, we're now 2-14 and 14 and complete starting over. I'm, I see it more along, along the lines of a small rebuild, kind of like what Seattle did a couple of years ago.
4: You can call it a reload instead yeah. of a rebuild. Well, I mean, obviously with salary cap um, implications – which we had talked about this a little bit before in the sense that you got a chase quarterback who's making a lot of money. you have you got the best player in football making a lot of money. Uh, you got a couple of guys that you're going to have to lock up in Cooper Cup and Jalen Ramsey who are going to get big, big contracts. So what do you have to do? You have to have young, cheap, or let's call them inexpensive talent. And they're going to have to step up and play the positions. And they're going to play important positions. Who's the next Corey Littleton? Right, We need to find the next Corey Littleton, the next guy who's going to give you three or four years before he's, he hits free agency and who's going to become a, a really, really good, good player. So is that Micah Kaiser? Is it is it Oboe on the outside there uh, as an edge rusher? I mean, who's going to be those guys? But you have to rely on those guys. And that's why it's so important, getting back to Les need to draft well in those rounds you know, those rounds three to six, where you got to find guys that you target as eventual starters, because you're going to need their inexpensive contracts, their their rookie deals to be important cogs in the machine, because you are paying these other big stars, big money. So that goes back to that. And so again, yes, we don't know, we don't know how Micah Kaiser is going to be, we don't know how uh, Leonard Floyd's going to fit into the the defensive line, or Aishon Robinson, and how how they're going to you know mesh with an Aaron Donald and a Michael Brockers. We you're right, we don't know. There there are question marks, but I think the talent the talent is there. It's just does it get does it get coached up, and do the young guys step up? So, but I think this is a team. The NFL. What's so great about the NFL is you never know from one year to the next, right? No, you never do. No.
3: When the Rams came out in 2017, no one saw that coming. Right. So, I mean, you can go back to that 2017 year. They were younger. They had the whole We Not Me thing going now. And now you have to wonder about the We Not Me when everybody's moved out of there and after getting these rich contracts. You, there's a lot of questions in my mind now looking back over the years as to what's going on inside that organization. But it is what it is. Uh, one more thing here. We got to get going. I mean, Steve and I have just been talking, talking, talking. And speaking of earlier, we talked about Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley and Clay Matthews both went on Twitter and told the Rams to pay him,
4: giving them the money they owed. What did you take from that? So I saw the tweet originally from Todd because I follow him, and I, I saw the tweet and I immediately reacted to it. I said, basically paraphrasing myself, that this shows an incredible lack of emotional maturity because first of all these guys have agents okay most of these guys 90% of them have no clue as to the details of their contract nor the CBA that's why they have agents that's why they rely on their agents that's why they pay them 4% of their of their salaries and it's not something you go on social media to say oh you guys owe me money first of all he doesn't know what the offset language is. Second of all, they haven't officially signed the contract. So because that transaction hasn't been reported to the league, the Rams don't know exactly what they owe him. And, and this is my take, and, and maybe I'm wrong. But I don't think they know exactly what they owe him, nor do they need to pay him until he signs that Atlanta contract. So And it's, and the contract's been reported to the league. So. That was my first take was why didn't you talk to your agent let your agent why do you why do you need to air you know dirty laundry which is really not even dirty because the Rams are not even at fault at this do you think the Rams are going to not pay him or n- not pay him in in terms of his contract I mean that's the the notion of that is to me is so ridiculous and then I saw people getting on Twitter going yeah it's Stan being cheap, which is the most ridiculous comment ever. Or it's this, you know, the Rams not paying their guys. And then, then Clay Matthews, of course, jumps on board, which surprised me because he doesn't strike me as a, as a guy who was upset about being here. I think, I think Todd was, or being released, I should say. uh, I think Todd was um, a little bit upset with the organization, obviously, and kind of trolling the organization a little bit. But, You know, again, you don't put the, now it becomes a national story, because then Lindsay Theory runs with it, and she writes a story on it, and of course it gets out into the national media, and it's on Pro Football Talk. But I just, I'm just like, what was was the point of that, you know? I mean, this is why you guys have agents. Talk to your agent. So that was my take on it. My view is similar to yours.
3: I wonder more on Matthews and Gurley i got to tell you, I, I had a really hard time with some people making it racial, by the way. Why do you say this to Gurley but not Matthews? And you know where they're going with it. Well, the honest question there is, Gurley's the one who said it first. Matthews' situation could be completely different. And honestly, this is the first time Matthews has acted like a turd. Gurley's been acting
4: like a turd. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I, I, well, I reacted to, to Gurley, solely Girly only because... I follow him and, and that was a first, And it was literally like two minutes after he, he tweeted it. And then somebody said something about Matthews doing it. And I go, I'm sticking to myself. Oh, I haven't seen that. And then sure enough, scrolling down, I see it on my timeline and I go, hmm, why is he opening his mouth? I mean, I, I know Gurley had trolled them the first time. Remember when he first got traded, he said something about, hey, I got fired on my day off mm-hmm. and he you know and then he said something and he's also mentioned the money thing before so he he actually did the same thing on twitter like i want to say a week ago he did the same thing on twitter and it, it, for whatever reason it didn't really make the national news but then he did it last night and then clay matthews jumps on it and i'm like yeah you guys it just it i don't know it it, just, it it really rubs me the wrong way Because now it makes the team having to defend itself over something it shouldn't even be defending itself over because they didn't do anything wrong. I mean, there was no... There there wasn't any, like, nefarious dealings going on where we're not going to pay him because we don't like him or, you know... I mean, it was just so ridiculous. The fact that it made the national media really is ridiculous, I'll I'll be honest.
3: Well, it was also the argument, too, from some fans that the Rams have been bad-mouthing Gurley, so Gurley has everything to do with what he's doing. And this is where I think this is crazy. The Rams themselves have not bad-mouthed Gurley.
4: Of course, and they've done the opposite. They, they've they've been nothing but, uh, of course, and, and a team that's not going to bad-mouth a, a, a player, that's uh, that's a bad look. It's a bad look for fu- for for signing future players. It's, it's a bad look. A team is not going to bad-mouth them. They might try to defend themselves, but they're not going to bad-mouth them. And McVeigh and Sneed, I don't know if you saw, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but this kind of gets me going a little bit. You know, they said nothing but good things about Gurley while he was here. Or even when they, after he left, I should say. So, I mean, it's, it's totally ridiculous that, that he would do something like this. So, you know, it, to me, Derek, to be honest, it kind of tells me something. It tells me something about Gurley's attitude, and as much as, as I like Todd Gurley as a player, I mean, we said this before a- after games last year, it looked like his like you know he had lost his his dog i mean he he was really had a pouty attitude, and I think maybe that was maybe part of it. maybe it was it was part of a puzzle, part of a piece, I should say, obviously not the the main reason, but I mean. I don't know. It just it just doesn't make a lot of sense when we're the organization that took care of you. The reason you're owed all that money is because we went out on a limb and we signed you as a running back when other teams weren't signing their running backs long term. And we went out on a limb and we did it as a show of good faith. And this is the way you treat us. So I mean, that part of it bothers me.
3: Well, and not only that, but they they draft him knowing his injury history as well. So the, there's that as well. The
4: the thing is, is just
3: backing up. When people are saying the brand is badmouth him, and their sources Colin Calhurt's segment where he said he had insider information from uh, I'm not saying I'm not saying Cowherd's wrong either. I'm gonna say you don't know who's saying what. It could maybe it is someone who would represent the organization like a less off off the record. Or maybe it's a coach. Maybe it's some peon in the ticket office. Maybe it's nobody important at all. Maybe it's Bob. The janitor. What I mean by not important, not important to the football operations, by the way. Not important as an, right. an employee. So you don't know at all who said this. And because of that, it's not right to just say the Rams badmouth a player. You could say somebody in the Rams organization badmouth them, but that's not the same as the Rams badmouthing them. You've heard nothing but good things in terms of, their, even though you and I both know just from watching the games, Watching the way he acted at press conferences and so on and so forth, that he was, shall I say, not a good locker room presence anymore. And if people don't believe me, go back and look, see if you can find it in the game film. We were—I was there live. Go watch the Pittsburgh game, third quarter and fourth quarter. Look at him on the sidelines. You tell me,
4: he wasn't backing away and acting like a four-year-old. Yeah. Okay. No, he pouted. Yeah, he was. he, He he, He definitely pouted. He pouted last year. There's no no doubt about it. So, you know, I I think at the end of the day, they are going to be better without him. I'll be honest. They'll be better in the locker room without him. I think he did become a bit of a distraction. And I think they will get a younger piece in place who, you know, they don't have to A, coddle or worry about the number of carries, whether those are four carries or 14 carries. Whatever that happens to be, they don't have to worry about that. And Sean McVay can call the play the way he wants to call, call the call the game, the way he wants to call the game, and not have to worry about Todd's feelings getting hurt. So, you know that that's my take take of it. And I was really, I was disappointed. I was actually disappointed in 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 Todd because I was always a a Todd fan, you know, up till this 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 last half of this past year, and I. I was. I just was kind of disappointed that he would go on social media and air uh, something like that, which he really is not educated on, apparently. Um, And he should have called his agent. Now, maybe his agent said that to him. We don't know that, right? We don't know what happened behind the scenes. And and so maybe his agent either had a miscommunication with the Rams or doesn't know the, the language in the contract the way he should. And maybe there was a miscommunication out there and maybe he consulted with his agent his agent said, yeah, go out and put it on social media. We don't know that. We, we, maybe that happened. But still, it's, it's a bad look.
3: Even if he had a, a gripe, no agent worth their salt is going to tell you to take social media. Agreed. The agent, hundred if anybody, will go to social media.
4: Agreed. I just and, 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 and to be honest, a good agent would even go to social media because you have to remember that agent has other players as well. And you got to keep a good working relationship with not just the Rams, but other teams and by an agent doing something like that. And, and, and I mean, I threw that out there just as a, another theory, but I, I would be, I would be shocked if, uh, if his agent said that. And if if his agent did say that, then, uh, he should be looking for a new agent.
3: I've only seen agents do things like that when it was basically time to call the organization out. And it usually happens in baseball. Scott Boras kind of stuff, really. You don't really see that from football agents at all. I just would be stuck to one. Folks, it has been an hour, and it just flowed by. We never even got into stuff we had planned originally, which was the running backs of the draft. So you have to wait until next week. We'll do both the, the running backs and the wide receivers on one show with Steve. And uh, we'll break down where the Rams are going, where we think the Rams are going. In the meantime, though, we are looking for sponsors. I know they're hard to come by right now, but we need to stay afloat, so like everybody else does. So, if you could, if you'd like to talk with us about it, 2020, send us an email at rams1945 or leave a voicemail at six five seven six 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 five four five three, and we'll get right back to you. You can find me on Twitter at dc paul. I can find Steve at Rams home sixteen. To find Rams Talk at Talk Rams. Find us anywhere podcasts can be found. And yes, you can even find me hosting another Rams podcast, Rams Brawl for the Brawl Network um, with Tommy Polly and Arlen Harris, kind of doing a a dual role here. So check that out as well. And uh, any closing thoughts from you,
4: man? Hey, just uh, everybody stay safe and uh, a shout out to our. Hospital workers, all the nurses and doctors and, and uh, support staff there that are putting their lives on the line for it right now. Um, it's, it's, uh, I know, Derek, you're, you're a veteran, so I'm sure you can relate very well. Um, you know, they're, they're doing, they're putting their lives on the line for us. So uh, I'll shout out to all those folks and everybody stay safe, stay home, and we'll hopefully see you, talk to you next week. Hopefully it's right. Folks, it's time for us to go. We're out of here. See ya.